So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Everybody and welcome to this Thursday special birthday edition of Everyday Connections. I am Jean Victoria Norlock, and shortly my co-host for the evening will be calling in. And I know that everybody's anxious to call in and, and with birthday wishes, but I ask that everybody just patiently wait until the co-host is on the line, and then you can call in so that we make sure we get the right person coming through. Because our birthday boy and my usual co-host. Rico Shields has no idea who the co-host for tonight is. So um, we're going to, he's clueless. He's completely clueless. So first we got to say happy birthday, Rick. Hi. <laughs> and then before we ask him how he's doing and all that stuff, we're going to get a very special song from a very special lady, Miss um, Amy Love, who just happens to be a very talented goddaughter belonging to Rick. Yay. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Godfather, happy birthday to you. Yeah, Aww. there you go. Aww. Gosh darn it, you're cool. See, we got to get her a better microphone because she do. she belts it out so pr- she projects so well that it just blows microphones up. It's really yeah. cool. It's very cool. The happy she's birthday. awesome. She's awesome. She's awesome. She's awesome. She's awesome. Indeed, indeed. Okay. We happy have birthday, a... Rick. I bet we have a caller. We have a couple of no sounders. Okay. Uh, I suggest that uh, the refresh is still the thing. Yeah. But of course, refresh. if they don't have sound, they can't hear me tell them that, so I'm trying to type it. Because uh, <laughs> um, I was thinking, well, I'll just say it, but then, no, then they can't hear me, so, you know. Refresh. And so we'll ask you how you're doing mm-hmm. while we're waiting for our, our co-host to call in. I'm doing uh, wonderfully. It's been a wonderful day. Um Got taken to lunch, had, uh, you know, fajitas at one of my favorite places to get fajitas, and um, then got back here and then thought, well, we're going to rest. Amy and I will rest a little bit. We'll nap just a little bit before the show, and lo and behold, somebody's knocking on the door, and it's my neighbor with a cake. 
So I have German chocolate cake. I'm That's not supposed so to tell. Awesome. You love German chocolate cake, don't yes. you? No, you're not supposed to tell me, I, but you did it anyway. Yeah, I did it anyway. But that's so I could tell everybody else because we had had a side conversation, the light posse and I, about um, chocolate. Because we're going to get together via Skype next week, and that's these ladies from New Jersey that are in the chat room here. Um, and... Uh, uh, they were talking about how do we get, you know, chocolate. Can we Skype chocolate to Rick and stuff? And, <laughs> and, you know, so at least I have chocolate now, tonight. But see, and the thing is, is that, I mean, how random is that, that your neighbor would just randomly decide to make you your favorite chocolate cake for your birthday, other than the fact that that's what you've been, you know, kind of focused on for, like, about a week. Because yeah. we just talked recently about the qualities of good German chocolate cake and how the difference is in the icing and it has to be authentic and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, we I'm did. excited. We put the boat out German there for German cake. chocolate cake. Yeah, and, uh, we did. Uh, and so there, it got hand-delivered it on your birthday to your arrives, door. yeah, to the door. How everything, awesome door-to-door service. So, uh, awesome. you know, don't ever let anybody tell you that the universe can't bring you what you ask for because if needs be, we'll send somebody to your door. It, random things happen at random times. Yes, it's all just a coincidence. By I'm random sure. people. It, oh, we it have is, a caller. Well, do we? Imagine yes, we that. Do it last. It has have to be a our co-host. I, I bet I, you it's our co-host. I bet you it is. They, whoever it is, has their hand raised, and there's only one of them. And uh, right on. Very well. Let's get her on the air. The area so codes can... are. Oh, see, now I know it's a her. Oh, so um, <laughs> we have a mystery <laughs> co-host. <laughs> Hello, mystery co-host. Hello, mystery co-host. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Rick. I love you. Happy birthday to you. It's Stacy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Miss Kirchville. I I knew before you spoke. I'd know that you going to Speaking of the light posse, so my co-host for this evening is Sister Stacy. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. And well, I'm laughing exciting. about the chocolate cake. Oh, so my God. The, the light posse have breathed out chocolate to me, and here it is. <laughs> you Hi, hear that, cool? posse? We did it. We did it. <laughs> That's cool. You guys managed to manifest him a, a German chocolate cake for his birthday. That is so cool. Without so ever happy. having to leave your home or to bake it yourself, which is just phenomenal. You didn't have to order and it we, from anybody. You didn't have to pay for it. You didn't have to have the And we are in 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 the in the now of instant manifestation. Uh, absolutely, Mayor. I'm seeing her saying that in the chat room. And and from here on in, grace and ease. Everybody, grace and ease, and Rick to you. Oh my God, <sighs> so much grace and ease to you from today, always, and just so much love to you. And uh, you have so many freaking fans. You, I don't even think you even know how many how many people who love you, Rick. I, just not for anything that you do, but just for everything you are. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm freaking raising my hand. I love you so much. Aw. I love you, too. 
I love you. I love you too, Jean. You know that. I love you too, Jean. <laughs> I totally know that. It's nice about Rick. <laughs> We're celebrating our Rick today. We are. <clears throat> and and really, like nothing nothing would get done around here without him. Absolutely. I, mean, I just show up and talk. So. Um. <laughs> yeah, but that's important too. <laughs> he, well, you know, yeah, I show up and give oh, look, Rick's every once blushing. in a while. But ha, ha, ha. Haha, that's awesome. Yay. Yay, we made him blush. She shows up and talks and, and, you know, keeps me from talking for too long and, you know, does all those good things. Because y'all don't know, I get Skype messages during the show sometimes that, you know, you should let our guests talk. The guests talk. I know, I'm so bad. I'm I'm that producer that sits sits in the corner and, you know, Watches the time. <laughs> yeah, she she tells me if I'm talking when the when I'm running up against show time show ending time, but nobody tells her when she's talking. I guess nobody <laughs> tells me. I don't. I wish they would tell me to shut up when it's time to shut up, but nobody tells me. So there it is. What can I say? You need to tell me to shut up more, Rex. Okay, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Oh, you didn't. Uh, oh, you meant some other. Oh, okay, I'll I'll make a note. <laughs> yes, I'm the one that you know. That my mother would say, "Say good night, Rick," and I'd say, "Good night, Rick." Good and, night, Rick. Yeah, so. By the way, Rick, I'm really like, I'm loving these pictures that are up of you when you're when you're younger. These Little pictures Ricky. that are flashing up here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mary saying me too. I, I just ooh. Somebody asked me, you know, the, you know, they saw that the picture I put up for profile, which is the one standing outside in the little bow tie and vest doohickey, and um, uh, said, "What in the world happened to you?" And I said, "Well, that picture was taken in Kansas, and I'm not in Kansas anymore." But <laughs> it's true. I'm from liberal Kansas, which is that's where I was born, and the. Uh, uh, that is the home of the Dorothy Museum. They actually have a pair of her ruby slippers there, and because it is that part of Kansas that is just flat as a tabletop, and tornadoes are horrible things in that spot, and and uh, that's where I was born, did in the middle of the night during. Well, it was crystal clear on the way. My mother said she looked at the stars and the moon to keep herself calm on the way to the hospital, and uh, but then. Shortly after I was born, Dad went outside, and it was snowing, and it was actually one of the worst blizzards they'd had in years. And I said, and I've been a, a stormy influence in the family ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jean, is it okay if I ask Rick a question? I know I yeah, don't want to absolutely. step on any toes here. I was just going to say, no, no, you're, you're co-hosting for, for two reasons, because um, cause we love you. <laughs> And also because my voice is probably going to go halfway through the show because I still haven't beat this lung infection thingy that I got going on. But, um, yeah, by all means, ask away. And I just want to put it out there before you get going. For people to feel free to call in any time um, to ask questions. Nothing's too embarrassing. Rick has to say yet, say the truth answer. He has to answer truthfully tonight because he promised me he would. Um, <laughs> so, okay. And if we'll you just do want this, to tell we'll him we'll how much... If you tell, if you Go want ahead, to call sorry. in and tell them how much you love them, or you know whatever, just so so the lines are open too for callers. 
Okay, so go ahead, Stace. I'm all ears. Okay, well, we're going to ask the questions in lieu of the birthday spankings. <laughs> okay, so uh, Mary's mentioning she was born in a blizzard, too. But, Rick, my question to you um, is, I mean, we all know you and everything, but we never really heard about how you um, uh, how you got to where you are now in your in your personal growth, like what was the thing that that flipped the switches on for you? I know you. All right, go ahead. I don't want to go more than that. What flipped on the switches for you? Well, goodness gracious, um, I would say that I uh, really kind of started on the pathway in earnest uh, back around college time. I uh, uh, I had become disenchanted during high school with, you know, I I, I grew up in a uh, rather pricey neighborhood here in Houston. Most of my from age six, um, and uh, uh, I was being groomed in a private college preparatory school, and uh, you know, with our headmaster, Mister E. K. Souls, <coughs> and. Um, um, so I was being groomed to go to college. I got invited to a bunch of places to go tour MIT, all kind of. I was supposed to be something, you know. I don't know what. And um, uh, but I had become disenchanted with all of that. And um, uh, uh, then when I got to college, uh, my second year of college. Um, which my first year I kind of was a bit of a dilettante and didn't score well and wound up on academic probation. So I was bound and determined to really be on the ball and do well and go into depth in my studies in my second year, and one of which happened to be philosophy. And that was what did it. That sealed my fate right there, I think. Um, But it wasn't long after that that I found a um, Seth book. And this would have been in the 80s. Uh, and I found uh, Seth Speaks. And I had done a little of the casting around about, you know, Wicca and this and that. And and, uh, and they were all pretty cool, but they, they weren't quite clicking in there. And then when I got a hold of the Seth book, I was just, that's it. Just, that's it. And um, so next I stumbled onto the... Uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the. Uh, it's the book's called Opening the Channel. Uh, Sanaya oh, Roman. Sanaya Roman. Yeah. yeah. And um, it had just come out, and um, so I picked it up and thought, you know, well, this is cool. So I was doing the exercises and I was having fun, and and then it happened. And, uh, in other words, they spoke to me and, um, like, live and, in, and not just an impression, but live and in color, voice in the head type thing, you know, which I guess the grew up in Texas Red Republican that had been trained into me freaked out because I freaked out, smoothed out. That was just, oh, it's all right to be piddling with this, but when it was actually working, oh, my goodness, what? <laughs> and, um, so I pretty much turned and ran the other way and tried to be a really good corporate citizen and all of that, and it just kept not working. 
<laughs> it just kept not working. I was I was at a bank and I got promoted from the mailroom to senior commercial credit analyst in under three months. I, I, uh, you know, I, I did the, so the but then the banking didn't work. So I took a year off. I swore I wasn't going to work for a year. Um, made it uh, sixteen months actually. Um, although I did sell a car and buy a motorcycle and so I had some change from selling the car, but but. Other than that, I no income for the year. And then uh, from there, I guess, I went into the oil field and um, had a bit of a career there. And and uh, But I just couldn't stand what was going on. And uh, uh, anyway, one thing leads to another, and I'm uh, 40 years old, and I'm working real estate uh, because I left the offshore industry. I wrote letters about the decaying safety culture and all kind of stuff. And because um, it had been quite a big deal when I first got there, the safety culture. And by the time I'd been there 10 years, they were didn't care anymore. And um, so I was pretty disenchanted with life in that case as the real estate agent. And, you know, the only successful real estate agents... Well, not the only ones, but a lot of the people that were making a living at real estate were being less than honest. They weren't being dishonest, perhaps, but they weren't always being entirely above board. And um, uh, I drank myself to death, essentially. It took a while. Um, What is Seth Speaks? Um, Jane Roberts uh, was a lady that lived... uh, Northeast, I think New York, upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Anyway, she uh, uh, she channeled this entity, Seth. Now I would say that Seth is was a group and not an individual, but at the time, individual was I think more acceptable. And we're a group of non-physical. It was it was enough for her to be publishing books that she was speaking the voice of a non-physical entity. Um, and, and getting into the whole non-physical group entity thing just didn't, I, I guess, come up. But um, And can I ask, Rick, Rick, she was like one of the first ones, besides um, the prophets, you know, um, uh, I can't remember their first names right now, but um, Claire, Claire Prophet and her husband, um, Jane was like the next one to start channeling um, non-physical entities, right? Yes, and it's it was one of the uh, Esther and Jerry had been had come across the Seth book, and mm-hmm. um, and then discovered that Jane Roberts was dead, and so they weren't going to be able to go see her, and were sorely disappointed. And I had the exact same experience. I wanted to go see this woman, and lo and behold, she was dead. Um, yes, Edgar Casey was one of the first. Um, Jane was one of the first what I would call conscious channels. She sat up, yeah. her eyes were open, she she answered questions, she um uh you know, I think that it, you can look at some of these channel things like Edgar Casey who was lying down as a sleeping prophet, he was in a trance. Um and um uh that So she was kind of the next step in the evolution? Yeah, that they've beca- it's become Big time more live, uh, more uh, interactive, uh, and uh, more present. And um, uh, I know Abraham has sometimes been talking about the Seth material, and um, 
uh, they always want to know, and and are we clearer now? And and so I, you know, it's all, it's all them, so to speak. It's mm-hmm. them, the same people, same same energies. Sorry, and mm-hmm. um, people exactly. per se. But. but yeah, Seth did give amazing information, and I must say that that Jane Roberts and her husband uh, Robert Butts uh, were quite amazing because um, uh, they documented Robert documented stuff with tape recorders and it was like old reel-to-reel tape recorders and um, um, and his own shorthand that he developed and documented hundreds of hours of channeling and um, uh, you know nowadays you videotape it into your computer or you know it's an awful lot easier to record all that stuff now than it was when uh, Jane and Robert were doing their work and um uh, so it was quite a labor of love for him, and uh, uh, so I didn't find anybody else, but I did hear about that book uh, uh, opening the channel, and I tried it, and it did. It's you know, so it's people ask, when did you first channel? Was it when you took this channeling course? And no, it was in 1986 or so, thereabouts, 85. Um, and uh, but it was not. I I ran away from it. It's it's. It's one reason I connected so well with Frank Butterfield when he was a guest at our, uh, both on our radio show. He had first been a guest in our channeling class uh, as as a guest channel because he did much the same thing. He had a channeling experience and then was like, whoa, and became Mr. Corporation. And um, uh, But as, as many of the members of my friends and family who are here in the chat room tonight know, you can't uh, really... Go the opposite direction of of your plan. You can make some navigational changes and preferences, but if you try to go the opposite direction, things don't work well. <laughs> well, you can't run away from yourself. Exactly. But, I mean, indeed, run, run away from yourself. And um, well, I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it to where you you know you don't say you, you can't run away from your soul because then it's. Then it's that deal again. Oh, I'm where, saying you can't run away from yourself. I know you yourself. did well. I was talking about the reason I was dancing around the words. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, keep dancing. Yeah. But it was, <laughs> you know, thing where we, you know, sort of in new age things, sort of for a while, and you got to have a basis or grounds to talk. So the language comes in, and it's always distorting. But where we kind of started talking about soul, like you know, your soul, which is you. Just you, but talking about it like it was this thing over there. Yeah, my soul, it's this thing over there, and it fucks with me on occasion. Um, and um, Did you say fucks? Is, I think I dropped the F-bomb. I did. It's my show. Oh, oh. <laughs> Good. I, I was that bound and determined to do it first tonight because it's usually, uh, that's usually <laughs> to do it first. But yeah, and they mentioned um, um, Lissa Royal. Uh, who's now R- Lissa Royal Holt, uh, who's still channeling some great stuff, but she really did some great stuff in the 80s and 90s. Um, and Lissa actually channeled Bashar uh, more than once. And um, so, yes, it's all about Rick tonight. Hopefully it won't be boring enough that all these wonderful people in the chat room run away. But <coughs> we'll try to be entertaining a little. Uh, anyway, that's the, the long, twisted version of it is that I became disenchanted with the machine of society, which I lived inside of the... I wasn't, like, my father was not in the ivory tower, 
top floor, but he was up in the tower. And um, mm-hmm. uh, the corporation, he was a chairman and chief executive of a corporation. Uh, he was a CEO that everybody demonizes these days. And um, uh, he was, however, a very responsible CEO, in my opinion. Uh, and most of his friends, who were CEOs at the time, were also. But uh, most of those fellows were 10 years older than my dad. My dad got where he got very young. And um, they're all dead, just about. And uh, my father's alive, but he's disgusted with some of the practices of the CEOs because, um, you know, they tried to do this. I don't want to make this about dad, but um, they tried to do this raising his pay. You know, they would survey what the other executives are making and then say, well, we must pay him this much to keep him. That's how these executives keep their pay going up is they just do it in a big circle. And um, so at, if you're chairman of the board, how does the board of directors do that? Well, they ask you to leave the room so they can discuss your pay. And um, so they would turn to my father and say, uh, you know, at this point, Mr. O'Shields would politely like you to ask ask you to step out of the room while we discuss a matter. And he would look at him and say, what matter is that? And they would just be dumbfounded. And he'd say, listen, I'm chairman of, the, of this board of directors, and you're not discussing anything about this company without me in here. And they were rather, you know, flustered but tried to go ahead and he said no you're not no man can be worth that much to this company and you will not pay me anymore and he did that year after year after year because every year there was this executive compensation company saying you need to pay him more money and every year he said no that's silly there's no way a single human being can be worth that much to this company so why would you pay me that next and he just, that was wow. who he was. And, um, but still, I got a bit of an inside look uh, at the way things work. I rode around the countryside in corporate planes and, uh, you know, got out of class early because we were going somewhere and the company limousine pulled up in front of school to get me. It's always cool. You know, it's almost like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it had its perks and fun points. But, uh uh, I I have not lived among a larger group of unhappier people as I did when I lived in that snazzy, rich neighborhood where everybody must be carefree and happy. And they were just a bunch of unhappy, unfulfilled, lost, uh, almost all of them on some sort of a substance to keep them from hacking themselves, you know, or running away from their lives. And uh, so it was obvious to me that it didn't work well. And uh, the one thing I'd wanted to be was a doctor. And uh, so I worked one summer in the hospital down here. Uh, Dr. DeBakey was in our surgical suite, and uh, but I mostly worked with a Dr. Crawford, who had studied under DeBakey, but then got in a fight with him over some policies and so he was still there at the same hospital, but we were in different operating rooms, but they're in the same operating suite. And um, um, after a summer of working there, he said, so what do you think of my job as a heart surgeon? And I fumbled around for words, and he said, I'm an overpaid, glorified plumber, aren't I? And just looked <laughs> at me and laughed. And um, 
uh, uh, what but what's serious is a heart attack, and um, mm-hmm. not to make the play out <laughs> being a heart surgeon, but uh, he made sure that I noticed that the people that came in for coronary artery bypasses were not universally overweight or smokers or anything else. They were often very fit. Um, and um, uh, so he said, so you see there's no relationship whatsoever with all this stuff they tell you. And I said, yeah. And uh, and he said, and you see that, you know, he was somebody I admired. And he'd get to the hospital at like before 6 o'clock in the morning. He was still there at 8 o'clock at night. Um, so if I was going to be a doctor, I was going to be that kind of a doctor. And I was like, wow. He, yeah, no, uh-uh, not going to do that. And this was Dr. Crawford, not DeBakey, right? It was Dr. Right, Crawford. Yeah, that was Dr. Crawford. Yeah. Dr. Dr. DeBakey, bless his heart, um, had you know made some incredible advances in medicine. And there's a lot of people that did not be alive today. Of which my brother was able to, uh, my brother uh, had the, the surgery uh, and everything that he pioneered. And um, But frankly, the man was an ass. <laughs> you uh, said once. <laughs> it's often the case somebody's going to be a trailblazer, they push people out of their way because they're trailblazers. But I was in the elevator with a patient on a on a gurney. I was bringing a patient to surgery, and um, and he he had a fireman's key because, as far as he was concerned, this building was his building. And so the elevator stopped, and the door opened, and it was him. And he stepped inside stuck his key in the thing, and he kind of looked at me, and I wasn't moving, and he said, get off. And I just looked at him, and I said, Dr. DeBakey, I've got a patient on this gurney, and I'm not getting off. Now, if we got to ride upstairs to your floor, that's fine. I'll ride back down, but I'm not getting off this elevator. And, you know, so that might have ruined my future in healthcare anyway, but uh, uh, that was the sort of fellow that he was. And the, the, the Founder and Brown building, which it's then added on to it. It's not even called that anymore. But the Fonder and Brown building, the top two floors were his. The top three, really, because the, the top two floors were where his patients stayed, and then the floor beneath that was where the executive chefs and all the people that took care of his patients were. Because uh, I know they have some luxurious hospitals now, but back then, you know, the rooms on the top floor of the Fonder and Brown OR building were big, big rooms marble countertops, you know, huge TVs, uh, little dinette sets, and, you know, I mean, they were huge suites that were gorgeous. And, uh, of course, he did. He had all the wealthy from everywhere coming and uh, did a lot of surgery for Middle Eastern clients, did a lot of surgery for European clients, uh, Japanese clients. And, you know, like I said, he did a lot of good for medicine and and, and, and all that. man, he was, I could see why Dr. Crawford had a falling out with him. And, uh, and because Dr. Crawford was a very down to earth fella and uh, just a paid to work on people, he'd, he'd not take his fee and go ahead and pay the OR fee for people that couldn't afford it. And, you know, Dr. DeBakey would never. But, anyway. That. That, that, and watching these people that I grew up with, uh, including Dr. Crawford's daughter, who was a cheerleader, was uh, it just I thought you know one of the blessed people in life, and she uh, 
wound up killing herself with uh, anorexia and bulimia. I, think, I guess it was really bulimia, but, um, I mean, you know, feeding tubes and everything, she still died. And, uh, uh, and, and, and so it was, I could see, I could locate that, that unhappiness that was beneath the layer that they were showing to each other. Cause I lived there. I saw them too much, you know? And, uh, so it's a, it's a bit harder for me to get mad at all the rich people because of how easy they've got it. Yeah. They don't have to worry about paying bills. And if they want something, they just pick up the phone and somebody delivers it. That's true. But some of the deeply, most deeply unhappy people I've ever met, uh, and for a long time, that computed in my brain the equal signs that that young people put together in their brain. And, well, some of us old people, too, used to put equal signs together. But So I decided money was bad, so I was poor for a good while in my life. But uh, then I figured out money didn't have anything to do with it. And then I figured out that all those other people didn't have anything to do with it. And then I was left with just me. And then I was like, oh, boy. So- I have some work. So now, but then, give us some give us more, some more steps you took. All right, so you you found the Seth material. Um, from there, you you read um, Opening to Channel, which was like a big eye opener for me as well. That book, like really, um, it came out around the time I started waking up, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then you kind of went into all of these different. Uh, careers <laughs> you played with a lot of different aspects of yourself and and went playing but then what made you say what 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 was the next step for you okay you were in the medical profession and i know you mentioned earlier you quite literally was drinking yourself to death but then what what happened well that really that put was, the main breaker on for you it was that when i say drinking myself to death i uh, uh, it's not really a a cliche. I, um, uh, I, w- I, I was only dead for a very brief period of time, maybe a minute or two. But uh, I then proceeded to have three days of unresponsiveness and in intensive care. Uh, and uh, but as far as I can tell, I was gone for those three days. And uh, 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 and when I got back. I I had the brief experience of not knowing who anybody was that was in the room with me. And that but it was strange because I didn't know who they were, but I looked over at them and I went, "Wow. What are my parents and sister doing here?" And then it struck me that I had just called them my parents and sister. And then it was like memories started flooding in, who's these? Um and um but since I had that history, I knew where to turn again uh, after I got out of the hospital. And uh, uh, that was, uh, well, I came I came back on a Saturday evening, it was. And so I believe that would have been December 15th. Uh, it was 2000, it's December of 2007. And uh, uh, so that was what really really did it was uh and and i i did some circling around there i thought i was a starseed and a walk-in and and uh and that may well be the case i i I, when people ask me i would have to say i would call it 
and I, I read this term somewhere, so somebody else has said it before, but I would call it a facet exchange. Or Beautiful. The description I've given people sometimes is, I went home, took a deep breath, and came back. Okay. And, and um, uh, But facet exchange would fit. Like, we're all multifaceted beings. Mm-hmm. We're all multifaceted consciousnesses, multifaceted crystals, however you would like to represent that, and, and that it's just a slightly different facet. But um, in a way, it was almost like I grabbed all of the lessons that I had been through up to that point and was able to see them and glean the information and, you know, um, like would happen if you went home and took a deep breath and went, oh, yeah, and then goes right back into the deep end. Uh, And um, so I fiddled around for about a year learning to walk again, and then after I learned to walk again, I kind of pretty much sat myself down and said, okay, it's time you do something about this. And right about then, Nina Farrell popped into my Facebook life. Oh, Nina. I took Nina's uh, channeling uh, class. It was through the Law of Attraction Club, uh, Robin Metallic, uh, Eva Gregory's husband. And um, uh, and it, you know, went well. And... uh, uh, and so I was going to channel, but then the channeling just never seemed to pan out. Nestor never seemed to have anything to say, except to answer questions, and then he didn't hush. And uh, we had lots to say to me, but when it was like, sit down and let's have something, write something, or do a workshop, or a, there was not much. And um, uh, But Nina and I had, we were going to maybe do a radio show outside of the channel's channel, just us. And... Um, <laughs> So, but she said, I don't know. And and this whole everyday connection and all this stuff came to me. And so then I called her up, said, what do you think? She said, great. And we did, I think we did one show, uh, maybe two. And uh, then she said, this is, I'm not, this is not right. I'm not going to do this. Uh, And actually sort of marked the fork in the trail for Nina and I, which we were very, very close. And I still consider her family, uh, even though we don't speak daily like we once did. But it had been round about that time that Jean over there, the quiet one in the corner, got to be careful of those quiet ones in the corner, (laughs) appeared in my life. And and we're still not entirely certain how we met, but we did. And uh, we had a social support. I was had been ad- adminning one for Elizabeth Feast. And uh, so, and she closed her board when she decided to start charging people. So I volunteered to help her, help Jean out with her board. And and uh, then we started talking almost daily on the phone, working her through Crashing Back to Earth. Mm. Her third book, by the way, which is available for Kindle on Amazon. You have to remember. Stacy's read it. You know? Oh, absolutely. Um, and and we had been talking daily and having coffee, and you know, I said, "So you want to do a radio show? Want them on the radio with me?" And she was like, yeah, "Okay." And 
I don't think she was really too sure about all that, but uh, I just swung right in when it would have been time for the very next episode of Everyday Connection and did a new intro, you know, Welcome to Everyday Connection with your host, Rick O'Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, and the rest, as they say... <clears throat> <laughs> I don't oh. even know till still to this day. I don't even know why I said yes because I'm terrified about talking in front of people. Terrified. As I recall, I told you more than once that there probably wouldn't be anybody listening. Yeah, he had uh-huh. convinced me that there would be listening before I could get on the radio, and he did that. I think for like the first three, four shows, except for then we had people listening, and but I was so wrapped up in talking to the people that we were talking to that I forgot that we had listeners and then it just it just came naturally but and then one day I told her what our stats were and she was like what what <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid she was going to not be able to talk on the next show but she did really really well and uh, uh, and I've been really blessed to have her we make a uh, she makes me look good on the radio no you guys are a fantastic I, team well, thank you. But I would not have gotten... I mean, he came in at just the right time in my life. Like, I don't think I would have gotten through that healing journey that was the writing of my third book without Rick because he was the one above anybody else who was available online 24 hours a day. Um, and he always had something helpful to say. I'm not even going to say something positive because there were days when he didn't even bother with trying to give me positive sugar-coated bullshit because he'd been through it himself. So he knew that that wasn't going to help me. And if he came at me on a day when I was feeling really angry and bitter about being in pain and suffering, then he came to my level. And, you know, he didn't encourage it by saying, yeah, it sucks, rah, rah, rah. He helps me express it by telling me that it was okay to be angry and bitter. Um, So, you know, the third book, there's a lot in there about, I think I even included a conversation that Rick and I had during that time because he was an integral part of that healing journey. Without him, I, I don't think I would have made it as far as I did. So, I mean, George and Esther obviously knew what they were doing when they sent him along at just the right time. And I, like Rick said, I still don't to this day don't know how we met. I have no idea. Yeah, me well, too. I'm trying to think, even even with Rick, I mean, I remember when, when the collective, uh, when I was channeling the collective more before the professors came in and we were doing webcasts um, from an outside location. And I remember... Um, the first time I saw Rick's name sign up for it. And I was like, oh. And then it was this immediate, there was this immediate connection, this immediate, uh, this immediate love, I want to say, this immediate connection. And, 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 you know, when we would chit-chat a little bit here on Facebook, you know, we would, you know, comment on each other's posts and everything. And then, um, oh, shit, it just went right out of my head. What? Ha- oh, 
And then during the time of, of, of the earthquake over in Japan and everything, and the collective were coming through with a lot of information, and then one day Rick sent me a message and said, I thought you'd like to know where your stuff's getting posted. And Mark was, my husband was, Mark was in the room with me, and I was like, I wonder what Rick means by this. Although I never, I mean, never met you, Rick, obviously, and really our, our interaction was not really that deep. I mean, you know, it was kind of, you know, like I said, just posting back and kind forth, you know, commenting, things like that. It was sort of like that. And, but I had such a trust. It's nothing that I can even really define. It was like this love, this knowingness, this trust, like right from the beginning. And and then I and then I saw yeah. that you were posting everything on Starseed. I started to cry. I don't think I I don't know if I told you this, but I started to cry. I felt so honored that you thought the information was valuable enough to share it. And and because I was still dealing with feelings of inadequacy. When it came to which I know I didn't tell you that I know for a fact I didn't tell you that Rick, um, no. but I was still feeling with feelings I was still dealing with those feelings of inadequacy, and to have you show me that you were you you thought that they were you know worthy enough to be shared with others, I cried that night when I saw that you posted it on on Starseed I started to cry and Mark says Honey what's the matter is it bad. And I said, no, and I showed him the laptop, and I just started crying. And then I said to Mark, I love him. I, I, I don't know him, but I, there's, my heart just loves him. And that's been it, Rick. I mean, I have fallen in love with you every more <laughs> each day, and I can't wait for you to come to New Jersey because uh, my husband already knows, clear out of the freaking way, because... The hugs that I have for you, you don't even know. You don't even know. And Jean, and then meeting you, Jean, through Rick. And the talks, I remember we would, a couple of times I met you guys just for coffee on Skype. And we had some we had some talks. And, and then being on the radio show with you all. It's family, you know. It's family. It is. It's and really family. weird how, um, I'm going to say it's weird. It's magical how he has this innate ability to make you see your worth and it's not even that he really pushes the issue you know what I mean and I think that's what's so magical about it is he doesn't push the issue he just very quietly in his own way shows you without having to actually say it outright you're awesome he just shows you through his actions that you're work and the things that you do and and the information that you're sharing and the and the energy that you're putting out into the world is valued and appreciated and that's all it takes to take somebody from you know wondering if they can do it to super super successful and happy oh, yeah, that's with where the they are for me to see that to see that listen i've always had the support of my light posse sisters i've always had that they've been you all, you, you're listening to me. You hear me, you guys. They've all been wonderful. These are my light, my light posse sisters here in New Jersey, who I'm very, very close with. You know, and they've always, you know, they've always shared. They've always done that. But you know what? When, and I know how they felt about me. I knew, and they'd been with me right from the beginning when I started channeling. So they'd seen my process, and 
they validated it for me so many times because at that time I still needed validation outside of myself and everything. But to have Rick come in and and um, it was really a big turn. It was a huge turning point for me, Rick. It was a just that what you probably gave absolutely not a grain of thought to really just you know reposting <laughs> that you you just just did it. You have no idea how that turned things around for me, and I know this is the first time I'm expressing this to you. You have no idea the effect. I think truly you do not have the full idea of the effect that you have, how you touch the lives of people, and and you absolutely touched me in a way that there was just no turning back. And then maybe, maybe I should have you to blame for the professors coming through, too. <laughs> because oh, then it was no hold so I'm going to blame you. <laughs> no credit, blame. Honestly, right around the time I met Rick and George decided it was okay to say, you know what? The stuff that I see going on down there is just fucking silly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, oh, I like I, what I Jill just said. And, and absolutely. And Jill in the chat room, uh, Rick helped us jump timelines to be even closer than we were. Yes. Yes. Mary, ask them. Ask the professors. I'm like, ask the professors what. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what. Let's. Um, uh, let's take a brief break, just if, for no other reason, so that I can run to the washroom. And um, it's all the coffee, what I don't know. Uh, and uh, I think we may try. Uh, anybody in the chat room is, are you having some trouble hearing Stacy? Is she going fuzzy on you sometimes, or is it just us on this end? Yeah, uh, so you guys go out sometimes, too. Yeah, that's a chat. Okay, well, it may just be at blog talk that it's happening because I just Stacy sounds oh, good to them so and, and I managed to struggle through and hear what you're saying because I'm listening to what you're saying and not the static so um, good so then we don't need to call her or do anything we'll just have to suffer on our end um, the audio for our listeners that's that's all that matters is a good recording and good experience for you guys because um I, each and every one of you in the chat room, each and every one of you listening to this by podcast, um, it, you're each and every one of you a blessing. And uh, we do this because we have fun, yes, but we could always just Skype each other. We could quit this radio business. It, it's you guys. Um, and uh, so, um, yeah, see, that's interesting. Stacy's good. We guys have static because if, yeah, <laughs> if I mute Stacy on my board... It's now it's now perfectly silent for us and sounds beautiful. Um, crystal clear over here. Okay, bye clear. everyone. No, 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 no. But but uh, <laughs> but it's not that way to them. So and Mary says less noise now. So I think sometimes I may just you know mute us and I I don't know I may have to hang up on Amy in there because Amy's on. Are you still there, Amy? Hi, Amy. She's like going no. Oh, she's muted, so it's not her. Uh, hi. Yeah, oh, hi. Hi. Um, 
Yeah, it's just some stuff. So we'll play some music, and uh, hopefully the music won't sound cruddy to us, although it often does. What are, I, I don't know. This might, What do I want to hear, I wonder? Um, probably right. are going to go into overtime a little bit, guys. So, But when we come back, we'll hear from the professors, I hope, and then um, we'll give you guys <gasps> a chance to call in and give Rick some love. Yay. Very cool. Well, so, yeah, okay. We could even do the call-ins first, whatever you guys want to do. We'll... Um, We'll do a, a short-ish one. Oh, no, one. I'm professors. Three minutes and 41 seconds of short-ish one, so I'll have to run fast. And uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. <laughs>
thought it might help a little bit. I hung up on Amy, so we took one connection off the deal. But I warned her before I hung up on her, because she's just right in the other <laughs> room there. And so <laughs> I told her, if you want to talk, just come in here where I'm at, and we'll put you on the speakerphone, and I'll call you back to do something. What? She's like, okay. <clears throat> Aww. But, uh, yeah, she's staying the night tonight, and, and uh, then I have to get up and try to teach in the morning. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> After all this celebrating. It'll be all right. I No homework, so it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having fun doing this? <clears throat> the homeschooling? Yes. I am. And, uh, of course, we're barely getting going, but... Um, I'm just uh, excited by the prospect of watching some blossoming going on because I'm not telling her what she needs to. She, I have not told her one thing she needs to learn. She has told me what she wants to know. And and contrary to many popular talk show news media outlet <laughs> opinions, this 16-year-old started off with, well, I need a little bit better foundation in math and I'd like to know something about biology and 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 I don't know anything about history and I don't know what that lady in history class is talking about. And so they do want to know some some of them. Some of them don't of care. Of course they want to know. They want to know. They want to just... sit in a freaking classroom with 30 other people that don't that don't want to sit in a classroom with 30 other people, and they don't want to sit there and listen to dry lectures and read dry, outdated 30-year-old textbooks that they claim are updated and reprinted every couple of years but are really just rewritten in modern speech. You know, I mean, they they don't... They want to know and be enthusiastic about the knowing and the learning is the thing. They don't want it to be boring. They don't want it to be dry. They don't want it to be dull. They don't want to hate learning. And so They know what they want to know. They want to have do. fun doing they it. They do. And, and so when I say that if we'll just get out of this next generation's way, that they'll handle it, I mean it, people. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, fortunately, and we're they blessed have fun with... fun learning? Oh, they should. I agree. I'm a big exactly. agreeer. The Sudbury Valley model, the Sudbury Valley School... Um, uh, where from kindergarten through, they don't ever, the, the teachers at Sudbury Valley are not even allowed to suggest something unless asked by the student. Uh, and and it has to be a question that leads to the answer. It can't be, you know, what do you think I should study? They're not allowed to answer that. It's against. That's the one thing that's against the rules for them at Sudbury Valley as teachers. And because the truth of the matter is, and I think all of you that are parents or have been a kid will know this, the only thing these children learn in school is what they want to learn anyway. Exactly. So let them tell you what they want to know. Sudbury views it as their job, their solemn duty to find a way to teach whatever it is. They had a kid, all he wanted to know was how to fly fish. So they went and found a professional fly fisherman, award winner and all that, and they flew him to Sudbury Valley to talk to this kid, and then they flew the kid with the guy up to go fly fishing. And this kid now writes books and magazine articles and is is quite the expert in the fly fishing arena. Makes a very comfortable living and mostly fly fishes. 
And that's what the kid wanted. And, you know, people say, well, society doesn't need another fly fisherman. Well, apparently they do because he gets paid to write all these articles. But what society needs is another happy person. They need another, that, that saying I love so much about don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is more people who have come alive or something along those lines. I'm sure I'm oh, paraphrasing. No, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, absolutely. Because that's what the world needs. And, um, you know, so she wants to be, uh, well, she is a writer and a singer and an artist. And, um, uh, but she wants to know a little bit more about writing and some vocabulary. And so I got her thing on vocabulary. And then I found we're real blessed these days with the amount of online education resources. There's a iTunes U has a lecture series. It's the complete creative writing series. And it's 43 lectures that range eight to 20 minutes long. And each one of them is from a different working author. And it's not some squeaky professor. Well, creative writing should be an exercise in discipline and uh, proper outlining. to do with creative writing? Yeah, I'm going to chalk outline you, Mr. Professor, on the ground after we knock you out. Wow. It, it, these guys write. That's what they do. And it's what I've always enjoyed about Bill and the way that he... Uh, the the articles about writing poetry and things that he posts in Inner Child, he knows what he's posting in there because he's a poet, you know? And um, it's like many of our guests that talk on the subject of health. They'll say, you know, doctors die younger than anybody else, and psychiatrists have the highest rate of suicide of any other group of people. So why are you going and talking to them about being sane and being healthy? It, You know, it's a good question. And... Um, uh, so I think you'll find that given their, once well, they know they have the freedom, thing, though, that they do want to know some real-world subjects. But, you know, teacher, anyway. Like, Rick, on that topic, and this is just something that occurs to me, that if you think about teachers, I mean, not going into college, of course, because college and university is a different environment, but when you get into grade school and high school especially is where our young people really get screwed with, um, you've got these high school teachers, okay, who've gone – to teachers' college, and they're teaching a topic. Instead of bringing in a professional writer to teach English and creative writing, they're bringing in somebody who went through college and university to be a teacher. This, to me, doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever because, to be quite honest, if you're passionate about the topic at hand, you can teach it to anybody and make it seem interesting. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. you know, people are worried about, you know, what's, what about the country or lagging in science and engineering? Yes, that's because geometry and algebra are always being taught by the football coach. Not necessarily a good combination. I know some football players that are very good mathematical minds, but I also know some that don't know a thing about it. So, you know, get a mathematician, people. Anyway, that's enough of that. We'll segue over. It is an excellent we segue. will. It is a perfect segue, yes, from, from the producer in the chat room who says that um, talking about teachers is a great segue to the professors. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks, Jerry. That was Jerry. 
Okay. Let me just take a deep breath and. <clears throat> And a very, very good day to all of you. Uh, Dear, dear Rick, we want to wish you, uh, in line with tradition, a very happy birthday. Um, There is so much love and so much um, uh, playfulness and and so much joy uh, in the space that we're in here with all of you. Uh, It is... Uh, the song even that you play, the song that you played was very apropos because uh, we would not only uh, say a very happy birthday to you, dear Rick, but we would wish all uh, who are listening in this moment and who will listen in what you would call your future, in their now moment, uh, we would wish you all a very happy birthday. You are indeed uh, rebirthed uh, into a totally uh, new space of beingness. And you are also, um, it's happening obviously energetically, but it's also, uh, it's also uh, happening within your physical bodies. Uh, your bodies are sparking up. Your bodies, your physical bodies, uh, the cellular side of you is responding to the cellular side of you. Uh, your soul has has uh, your your both your body and your souls uh, always worked sort of independently of each other uh, up until very recently, uh, but now. They are working in perfect partnership. They have integrated. And mind you, this is the first time in humanity's history uh, that you've all, that so many have done this uh, at one time. Now you've had the masters who have walked on your planet and they were um, uh, fully integrated beings um, operating uh, on a cellular level and a cellular level as one. Uh, but that was not really, uh, they were the exceptions to the rules. Um, but now there's so many of you who are walking on this planet as fully awakened, fully ensouled beings. And so you've all sort of passed through the birth canal uh, uh, since the 1212 and the 1221. You've all rebirthed. You've all entered uh, out of this uh, experience where uh, everything prior to the 1221 uh, was basically you were walking around in this experience and still learning as you were going along and and you still allowed yourselves to go into, um, you still allowed yourselves to go into the womb, so to speak, in that you uh, sort of went off, uh, you became introspective, you went through several months leading up to the 1221, uh, more so the beginning of your December, your month of December. Many of you sort of became very introspective, you lost your passion, you became very listless Um, even the things that normally would bring you joy weren't really bringing you the joy they used to bring you and that was because you were uh, passing through this energetic birth canal 
uh, sort of in that this in this in between space, uh, and we've talked about this where basically uh, your old op- you were taken offline, so to speak, energetically, uh, and the old human operating system um, totally wiped out to allow for the upload, uh, the transfer of the new operating system, and the new operating system uh, is having to do with. Uh, your creative partnerships. It's more about the we than it was just about me. Um, We've discussed this. We don't want to go over old territory, so to speak. Uh, But you've all, it's it's a great time of celebration, and we are basking in the energy that we're feeling um just in this in this now moment with all of you because there is an excitement there is a a renewed sense of passion in many of you uh you're seeing it's it's as if you're rubbing your eyes and you're seeing the world anew um now you've had moments of this along the way leading up to the 1221 but where you are in this now moment is like no moment ever experienced before um you are getting a taste for you will continue to get a taste for just wanting to be in a space of celebration and and joy and playing and and even your manifestations <clears throat> interesting stacy's calling to mind uh, as we mentioned the words at instant manifestation we could see in 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 her mind uh, she's sort of laughing over the chocolate cake that manifested for you dear rick um and and that your your sisters were 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 projecting for you were we help were helping to co-create for you um uh, but this is get used to this not only you, Rick, but all of you get used to this instant manifestation. Um, you are now in in a space where you can no longer uh, reach back into the past for reference points, whether it's you're reaching back to the past for a reference point on something that you would label bad or a reference point on something that you would label good. Either way, you can no longer reach back for those reference points or to reach back to try to do things the way you did them before. It won't feel comfortable. It won't match up. Uh, you are moved. You, you, you have moved into this uh, space of ease and grace, and you have moved into this space of joyful celebration. Uh, now, we're not saying that th- while you're in this human experience that you will not experience um, some obstacles or challenges or what have you. These are terms that you, these are, we're using terms that you use. We wouldn't use those terms necessarily. But um, uh, we're not saying that some of these things won't come up. But you're going to breeze right through them and almost as if you're going going to be skipping through the challenges, uh, skipping through whatever obstacles uh, come up or uh or and, and it's and it's not that you're creating them. That that's another thing we we want to address with you very very quickly. We don't want to be go too long-winded here. <clears throat> but even your co-creations um, when something arrives that you would label an obstacle, that you would label a challenge, it's really there for you, not so much that you created it. It's just popped up. And um, 
how can we say this? And, and we're, we're wanting to make this clear. It's just something that will sort of pop up just um, just during your experience, but it will never be anything um, as challenging or such a huge huge obstacle that you had to face prior to the twelve twenty one. It's going to be a completely different uh, sort of scenario. Even when these things come up, uh, they will be settled immediately. You will have instant clarity. Um, uh, even with your joyful experiences, you can't even reach back anymore for reference points to joyful experiences that you've had because. Even the the joy that you will experience now, as you've rebirthed, as you've come through, and you, and and as you come through this this energetic um, gateway um, into this new new state of beingness, uh, the joy that you're going to experience from here on in is cannot even begin to compare to any previous joys you've experienced. And this is why we mean you can no longer reach back to the past. It is gone. And and even this thing that you call struggle, this is gone. Um, it is just so easy now for you to manifest, and it does not take much at all for you to manifest. It simply is, is a matter of, of, of taking ownership in this, na- owning your sovereignty, owning it in this now moment. Uh, even your kings and queens on your planet Earth, uh, when there is something that they want uh, to show up in in their uh, physical experience, there's no question in their mind if if they're going to get what it is they want. They are they are uh, kings and queens. They are sovereign beings. They know that uh, there's a certain amount of entitlement and that whatever they request, uh, it's just automatically expected that that request is fulfilled. Well. Take take that as an example. All of you, take that as an example, uh, because from here on in, um, and 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 Stacy is sort of rolling her eyes a bit, uh, but but with a wink, uh, saying, "Well, we've heard this before." Yes, you've all heard this before to some degree, uh, and and you had little glimpses of it. It couldn't come in all at once. Um, it needed to come in uh, gently for you over the past several years because if, if it would be too overwhelming literally for your physical body, for your senses, for you to be in this full and complete state of joy and instant manifestation. It would have been too much on you. And so while you had spikes here and there along the way, it was showing you, it was a sort of training session or a build-up session to where you are standing right now in this moment. And so we wish you a happy birthday, Rick, but we wish it to all of you. Happy birthday. Welcome to the new world. Welcome to the new human operating system. Welcome to the much-anticipated Age of Miracles. And with that, we wish you a very good day. Good day. (laughs) Happy happy birthday, everyone. (laughs) Indeed. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy new everything. Happy birth everything. Exactly. Every day. Every hour of every day, really. You just take a deep breath Mm -hmm. and start over. Mm Mm-hmm.
like the universal white. Oh, I like that you wrote that and stand up on your own two feet, no being crowned on your knees. Oh, brilliant. That was brilliant. (laughs) Well, it's part of that sovereignty thing. Yeah. You You can't be sovereign and then go, sir, sir, the oatmeal, could I have another? <clears throat> you go up there. Hey, please, oatmeal. sir. May I have some more? <laughs> yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> but at least that one asked for more. The rest, everybody else was shocked. So in a way, I suppose that was his sovereignty. But you know. <laughs> it was in its gentle way back at the day. That was awesome, <laughs> my dear. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, that was. Um, thank you. Thank you. I always love any opportunity to channel them, believe it or not, as much as they scared the hell out of me in the beginning with all their cursing and telling people off. <laughs> it's so funny because um, I generally don't follow other channelers. Uh, not bec- uh, The information is fantastic, but I don't really like to read or listen to other channelers because I don't want any of that information to maybe influence um, what comes through me only because I'm constantly, I'm always testing myself, you know. But recently, um, the professors said how, you know, if you notice we're coming through much gentler, you know, we're we're coming through very different, we're coming through softer. And it was so funny because Jeffrey Hoppy, who channels um, Adamus Saint Germain through the Crimson Circle, uh, basically Adamus said, uh, you know, he introduced himself and basically made a joke. I'm a kinder, gentler, more compassionate uh, Adamus. And I was laughing. I was laughing because it was like, it seems, it's funny. And the professor said the reason why they're addressing us differently now is because we are fully stepping into our sovereignty. We are owning it. Um, We are saying, no, none of the non-physicals are above us. We are right on par with you. And we're, we're up off our knees, basically. And we're standing in our sovereignty. And so we can meet those in the non-physical um, as equals, whereas before we always, I mean, I, I'm sh- I know I did, and I'm sure many of you did as well, where you sort of felt that they were higher or, or uh, yeah, higher, um, smarter, yes. more knowledgeable, think, more wise. I think they occasionally found that tedious too. Oh, absolutely. And the professors were funny because when they did come through, you remember when they first came through, oh, my God, the ass-kicking they would give everybody. But they said, we showed up the way you expected us to show up. But now, because we weren't fully owning our our sovereignty. Yeah, Mary, they yelled at us. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. And when Adamus first showed up, he was pretty pretty smack on, you know, because Tobias, that he, that, Jeffrey had channeled before that, Tobias was very, you know, and so it is, my friends, blah, 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 blah. And then Adamus came along and said, you know, that's a bunch of Machio. You know what Machio (laughs) is? And, you know, and, 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 but then again, he's changed his tone too. And uh, uh, I think there was at least a little of our going, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, come on already, that came back yes. at us in the whole, you know. Yes. And that's know. what the professor I mean, said. They said, you know, it basically we came to kick you in, give you all the kick in the ass that you asked for. They said we, we presented ourselves the way you um, called us up to present ourselves. You know, yeah. where you... 
people have, well, I won't be letting the cat out of the bag because Jeffrey and Adamas talked about it. That they mentioned in one of their channels how you know the the, the man Jesus was actually one of the most impatient humans they'd ever met, and there was more than one occasion where it wasn't just take up your bed and walk. It was look, are you just going to lay there? Or are you going to get up and go? Come, we're just come. We're going this way. Come on, hey, psh, get up. You know, it was more like that often. But <laughs> it, it still worked. It's that. Yes. It, it, it's that seeing them whole and refusing to allow anything else be seen in your reality, and uh, and it's infectious because people want to be whole. Yes. And yes. Uh, and but they've never <laughs> seen anybody look at them that way. And. Uh, yes. That's why I talk about that everyday connection can be as simple as smiling at somebody somewhere along your trail that day. You could have changed that person's life. You'll never know. Exactly. Just like you never knew how you changed mine until this this broadcast. Sorry about the professors, everybody, if I did that. I didn't. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but it is just a real joy to see all these family members in the chat room tonight. That's that's what we got here. Uh, we have some new folks in the chat room tonight. I'm not sure if Malia's been with us before. Cajun Rose, that's there. That's uh, Amy's mom, Malia. And, um, and then, Hello, of course, everyone. <clears throat> Jennifer Green 3 would be Jennifer Green, who is Whitney Green's mother. Many of you heard me Aww. talk to my daughter, Whitney, and her nursing Yes. She is actually my stepdaughter, but I've never really seen a big point in making the separation. Stepdaughter, daughter. She is a... Well, that's like my two younger ones. My two younger ones are from Mark's first marriage, but they're my kids. Yeah. And she's my daughter, and she's always going to be my daughter. That's always the way I'm going to see her, and that's just the way it is. And everybody just might as well get over it because there it is. And, uh, you know, I've missed things and been part of things, and it's just the way it is. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. I just just have incredible joy sitting back watching. (laughs) She said one day that she was going to be a nurse, and that's just how it is. And her mother and... And uh, I even helped some. We we tried to introduce her to some nurses to try to not so much talk her out of it, but make sure she was sure. And after a very, very small amount of that, she said to her mother, she said, listen, I'm going to do this. I've always wanted to do this. I said I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And uh, I believe it's, what, Jennifer? She goes to work as a registered nurse next week. Yeah, because she just recently yeah. graduated, right? I saw the pictures. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, she was recently pinned. She got her pin, right? She got pinned. She goes to work on Monday. Yeah. Accepted into. She passed her test on the first try. She she got accepted into a, uh, the the program she wanted to be in. Wherever she's going on Monday, I mean, it just just uh, it is emblematic to me of this younger generation, whether they sit up and say, hi, I'm a light worker or not, look out, because they're going to do what they're going to do, and she wants to take care of ladies and their babies, and she's on her way on Monday, and it took a long time. She 
studied until she was bleary-eyed. She worked a job and went to school and had a boyfriend and had dogs and had... Yeah, and she's just like, this is killing me. Like, ah! But she did it. And, and, and that's just, you know... Uh, yes, she is. Beautiful inside now. And uh, always has been. And, uh, and always shall be. Ever shall be. Um, and, uh, uh, but I don't want to get off on, on you know, any individuals too much because uh, Mary and Jill and Jason and Irene. And, uh, and also Claudia. Claudia Mary. is listening and she's not in the chat. But Claudia Hins uh, uh, um, said to let you know that she's listening in. Oh, wonderful. And Dee, I'm so glad that you made it tonight, Dee. Uh, Dee and I haven't talked as much lately as we did for a while. I, uh, Back when I was still learning to walk again and things like that, I was online all the time. And uh, and, and now I actually leave the house once in a while when I can get a day pass. Uh, and, of course, Captain Hawkeye. Uh, the captains with us very often, and uh, uh, we would miss you if you weren't. And the times, few, very few times, you haven't been. We do miss you, Captain. So, Aww. Uh, each and every one of you there in the chat room, and each and every one of you that's listening that I can't see because you're not in the chat room or that you're listening on the podcast, uh, we do get the reports as to how many hundreds of you there are, and it's just, well, it's humbling and awesome at the same time and uh, I'm honored to be invited into your iPod or your living room or wherever your jogging trail wherever this is going on um, and uh, we plan to continue to bring the uh, interesting guests well we don't bring them we just talk to them we just show up and talk to them right Gene? We, we, don't bring them. we plan to be here so that they can show up <laughs> you know, we're going to be here and they can therefore synchronistically show up and appear. And um so Uh oh, Stacy went poof. Uh oh did she? Stacy went poof. Do we have any other callers tonight? Uh uh-uh. uh. Not yet? No, no. Um Okay, okay. I, it could be the awe factor that happens often when the professors have like, <laughs> why they said we want to keep this brief, I think. Uh that was the message I got when I heard those words come out. That's the interesting thing about channeling is sometimes when somebody else is channeling, once you've tuned in, you kind of start hearing it yourself, but you're hearing them, right. but you're, oh, wow, it's it can be fun. Um, and uh, uh, <laughs> she can. Miss Amy? Well, I have to call her again. Wait a minute. I have to call her again. I hung up on her. To uh, conserve bandwidth and see if we could, you know, clean up the sound for ourselves. I'm glad it's been good for our listeners. Where's the button? Call. Yes. If you call this person, yes, add to conference call. And Hello. Hi. hi. So. Hi, Miss Amy. Hi. People in the chat room. That's my girl. That's my girl, too. That's an awesome. <laughs> It's an awesome being over there. I don't even want to say human she being. She's an awesome being. She's an absolutely fabulously awesome, <laughs> freaking intelligent young woman, and oh, I just you. love it every time. 
hear because she's got such insight for such a young young Earth body. But Yay! Yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. And awesome, awesome, gonna be, awesome person. Yes. So uh, anyway, we have requests from the chat room that uh, not everybody was here at the beginning of the show. Oh no! So they and they would like you to stand. Like for you to. Oh, okay. That's fine with me. I was laying on the couch reading my book, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, after Connor, she gave up on the show. She just went and laid on the couch. My bad. Okay. Happens when I hang up on people, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Well. Before I sing to you, I want to tell you how much you mean me and how much you've been a really, really big part in my life as a physical being and as a spiritual being. And I am so, so thankful for you being in my life and for, you know, helping me find who I am and helping me with my music stuff and my writing stuff because, you know, I am writing a book on you. So... I'm very, very thankful that you've allowed me to go into your mind and see how you work, and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you, and happy birthday, because you're old. (laughs) Oh, gee, thank you. It's it's funny because I I turned 50 today, but I don't feel a day over five. It's okay. You're still young on the inside. That's all that counts. (laughs) Okay Happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you Happy birthday dear Godfather Happy birthday to you Yeah It's my girl. Wow. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, the microphone can't keep up with her. We're going to have to get a real microphone for her because she can really wow. belt it out. She can really belt it out, i got to tell you. And um, so if she decides she wants to do something with that incredible instrument, I I think we'll all be pleased with the results. Well, I am auditioning for her. The Voice on the 10th, so hopefully I make it That's in that. That's cool. Yes. I know. Auditions next month. I'm so excited. And, uh, That's exciting. Yeah, it so, is. Wow. So any of you that have kids yeah, you, that are thinking about homeschooling, don't let them don't let them think it means laying down on the job. Oh God, no. God uh, no. We have we have lots to do, but see now she's excited to do it, so that's real I am. cool. And um and she's writing a book about me. I don't know how that'll work out for her, but you know. Which I'm forever grateful for. I just gotta I just gotta throw that in there. Amy, thanks yeah. for doing it so I don't have to. Yeah, I'm. I mean, because um, I knew eventually somebody was going to have to write one about him, and God, yes. I'm on a I'm on a writing vacation right now. So thanks for picking up my pen that I dropped. <laughs> Much appreciated. Good job. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited about it, and it's it's coming along. And since he talks so fast, I have to get a voice recorder and record what he says to me, and then go back and see what I'm going to put in there. And it's Indeed. it's going to be pretty amazing. And actually, I don't I don't know what happened, but I was actually I was writing the introduction to it and the prologue and everything uh, the other day. And 
I mean, you can ask Rick. I was sitting in here, and I was looking through all my documents, and I found a second file that I had written for the, the book. And so I was like, okay, maybe I started on the first chapter. And I went in and looked at it, and it was another introduction and a prologue that I had already written, but I do not remember writing it. Oh, nice. I know. I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is so crazy. So, yeah, and she really doesn't because she like read every sentence and stopped at the end of the sentence to like pause and look at it again. I wrote that. Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because she's she's a true artist, so it, it's more than possible that she's automatic writing. Yeah, and I have, she's probably I have no been idea. automatic writing for a long time. Without yeah, I mean, even I had I had a I had incidents like that with you know my other books, but. Freaking! I went. I did a really long introduction, so I don't see how I woke up to see that I was, you know, typing it. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how I did that, but I did, and it's just as wonderful as the first one, and it's and it, you know, it says the same things, and so I'm just gonna go with my new one, I guess, or just combine them. I don't know. Rick re- read both of them. And was like, I don't know what to do with them, so it's it's up to me, you know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and. And so now tell them this. You're gonna write a book, well, book about I, me. This wouldn't be your first book. No, no, it's not. And um, I actually finished writing uh, the Alice in Wonderland one. By the way, Nikki, I finished writing that one. Oh, did you? I did. Oh, I'm so excited. When do I get a copy of the, um, the manuscript? I will work on it because I, I think I'm I'm still working on editing it and working to the point where like can make it. Uh, you know, perfect because I'm such a perfectionist. Oh, don't worry about perfect. I just want to read the raw menu. I'm not going to okay. give it to anybody. I just love to read it. I'm really interested because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome I know you were stuff. really interested. Which would be her second book. You wrote your first book when you were what? I, I wasn't. I was actually Four? in like fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. I was in fifth grade and like nine six years old. Six hundred pages. Yeah. Yeah. So when I tell people that y'all better look out because my goddaughter is going to do some amazing things you don't have to wait the amazingness has already begun oh yeah and uh see she says oh yeah <laughs> she's perfectly okay with being awesome and uh and if when she has her few and far between moments when she's not thinking she's awesome i just poke her in the ribs oh yeah and i'm very very thankful for that and i probably <laughs> wouldn't have gotten as far as I am today with myself, uh, physically and mentally, and with what I love if it wasn't for, you know, Rick. And, you know, I met him for the second time in my life two years ago, and I am so thankful that we got back in touch with each other because he has helped me so much in my life. And I'm, I'm just Even so... Even if I'm, you did want to shoot me that first oh, time yeah, we talked. yeah. yeah. That was, that was a fun time. <laughs> well, who's this old fart and what's he talking about, this thing, spirituality thing? What the – get off here, man. Yeah, and, and it's an amazing because, you know, anybody that's in the same room with us when we're talking, they're like, wow, you know, the energy between you two are, is freaking amazing. Because we – no matter our age difference, and I, and I wrote this in my introduction um, to his book, is no matter our age difference – we are on the same level and we have the same thoughts and he, I learn from him and he learns from me and it's just, we feed off each other. And then it's just so amazing how 
we come together and we just we fit together perfectly and I'm so happy that he is in my life. So and now I get to write my other book on him. So I'm good. I think I think that's a very poetic and eloquent way to to express how a lot of people feel about um brother Rick. I don't oh, I don't think he, I think Stacy's right. I don't think he realizes sometimes no, the impact that he has um on any of us. I think, you know, I know certain sure he saved my life. Oh. Um you know, which which is to say he also saved my daughter's future because you know, she would have been in trouble if her mom had given up. Um so, you know, that's that's two lives here that he saved just by being in Texas and being available to talk to. Um, so, you know, and I, I, everybody I've ever talked to says the same thing about him. It's just, yeah. he's somebody I feel comfortable just mm-hmm. being myself with who makes me feel like myself is important. Yeah. And when I first, you know, got back in touch with him, you know, because I, I first met him when I was like, what what was it, three? And he was changing my diapers and doing all my dirty work for me. Now I just do my own dirty work. Um, but <laughs> when he first came in, when he came in my life for the second time, you know, he was the only person I was myself around. Because I was in a situation where I didn't want to be myself with other people. And so he made it so comfortable for comfortable for me in his home and with him and for me to be myself and it was so amazing to actually find somebody um that you know loves me and supports me and you know helps me through everything and I mean everything I can come to him with the most bizarre story and he'll help me out and I'm it's amazing and he is so loved by so many people and he's he he doesn't realize it like you said Nikki he do, he no. doesn't but he is so loved so loved so deeply because he is so inspiring and he helps people and that's it's so great to have him on this earth and thank goodness he survived well, I think it it goes beyond I, it's it's so crazy to say this because we we use the word love you know it's, love is such a magical word but you can love somebody unconditionally and not really appreciate them, mm-hmm. but Rick is is highly appreciated, and there are a lot of people out there who are grateful for his existence mm-hmm. and grateful for his presence. And so he is appreciated and respected and you know admired. Um, and and these are words that he would probably strangle me if I was sitting there in person for using, <laughs> <laughs> but but. It's it's true because that you know that's the way that people look at him. Yeah, and I mean I know I'm and grateful for him. You know, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Appreciation is the big word that comes to mind. Is that oh, you, yeah. how how can you not know this man? Have him be in your life. Have mm-hmm. him be this amazing, supportive, unconditionally loving, understanding, compassionate uplifting, mm-hmm. inspiring presence and not appreciate it. Yeah. You have to. You just it's like you, you you can't know him and not appreciate him. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, I thought I when I when I first met him, like when I was like two years ago, I I thought he was weird. I really did. I really thought he was one weird person. But and at first, I really didn't want to talk to him because he was just so weird. And I was like, what is this strange person doing in my life? And then I did not know the purpose for him coming into my life when he did. But now I do. And I'm glad to have this weird, spontaneous, insane person in my life. Because he makes me sane. (laughs) I come to his house to get my saneness back and get calm again. And... I actually I sleep at his house most most of the time, but I still enjoy his company, and I I hope he enjoys mine. And oh, it's <laughs> precious. And I mean, he's weird, and other people might think he is completely insane for most of the stuff that he says, but it it totally makes sense to me, and and to most people that admire him and um get inspired by what he says and the daily things he posts on Facebook, um, they they understand too. And it's amazing how he changed and how much he's grown from when he he died. And Yeah, death will do that to yes. person, I guess. And you know? he's such a great person. And I'm so glad to call him my godfather. And I think I only knew him for a week, or a week or two, when I asked him to be my godfather. And I asked him to be my godfather because, and I said earlier in the car today that he was my father from God. Because God brought this amazing person into my life. And he saved me most of the time. And he's been there for me through every step of every struggle and every thought that I've had. And I'm so grateful. And now he's, you know, 50 and he's, you know, over the hill. But he's still young on the inside. He's still, he's, he still has he's that really... He's a big kid. He is. He's the big kid. His, and, you know... I mean, yeah. Don't worry about don't worry about that age thing. <laughs> no, no, he's so young. Any, on any the leftover inside. health issues we got going on? We're we're gonna sort that out over the next the next twelve months, anyways. So oh, yeah. you know, it, I mean, we're gonna be here for sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, probably a hundred, maybe a hundred and ten. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he's he's so young on the inside, and I mean, we all search for that that feeling of being a kid again and i think he's found it and it's great and he just he always has a smile on his face he's i mean except for you know when he gets pissed off in traffic but i mean (laughs) he's still afterwards he makes a joke about it and laughs about it and still has a smile on his face and through everything um and the worst of times i'll be crying on his shoulder and he'll crack a joke for me and it just he brightens my day so much and he brightens my life and he makes it so much better so much better and i'm he's just amazing <laughs> and anybody that gets to know him and gets a few words into him and gets to talk to him a little bit they're so lucky to have them him in their life just so lucky because he's such a fantastic person and he helps so many people 
and and it's funny because he's he's so unaware of it, <laughs> so unaware. <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> yeah, you know, most of the time he's in, he's in his own world, you know. So it's okay. They know me here. <laughs> so, I love you, Rick. You're amazing. I love you too, Angel, and you're absolutely awesome. And I actually just put in the chat room, which you you can't see in there, uh, that you're not just absolutely. some awe. You're full of awe. So does that make you awful? Oh yeah, I remember that. You told yeah. me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you told mm-hmm. me that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> See, I had to for for my book, Nikki. I had to, um, I had to sit there and tell him that we didn't know each other, and that I just walked into um, the room and we just and he had to in- introduce himself to me like we didn't know each other, and I told him anything that he has told me before or anything that we have gone through before doesn't exist now, so we have to start a new plate. But I also had to put out sections on what we're going to do because he talks so much and he gets so off track that when he talks, he talks about so many things that I have to, like, you know, stop him and see what he's saying. Oh, wow. I'm so what glad is, it's not me saying it. <laughs> what is what is this track of which you speak? <laughs> I am so glad. You I'm know, so I, I show up. I show up to talk on the show and the only – the only thing I do is show up to talk, but the only reason that the only thing I do is show up to talk is because 90% of my energy is put into keeping him on track. <laughs> yeah. Where are we going, Rich? Go, we're going over there. Okay. Yay, that's a new trip. Well, yeah, we'll talk about um, his childhood, and then we'll talk about some what, – what did, what did he start talking about? He started talking about some weird – explanation for something or the government or something and I was like Rick we're talking about your childhood <laughs> yeah. he was like what what where what are we then? but you know what, what? The, where? Thing, what? the thing is, is in all those little side trips there's always an infinite amount of wisdom and oh, insight yeah. that's what's amazing about it it's like he can talk about shoveling shit in a horse racing <laughs> stable and there will be something that you know you could probably put in the second bible yeah anything he says has wisdom in it advice in it i mean even if it says a and stupid that's, quote that's why rick you never you never got around to doing the whole master thing because you don't need to to yeah, write i can just be me for for nester you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to come from Nestor, because everything that Rick says is just as valuable. Oh, yeah. It's more than valuable, you know? And the things he says to me on a daily basis, the things he texts me, um, and, and when he texts me good morning, and being with him every day now, since I am being homeschooled, um, it makes me so happy, and I'm so much happier now. And it it inspires me to, you know, keep going with what I love, and it gives me motivation. Um, even though I get motivation from myself, I also get motivation from him because he gives me those everyday quotes and those just those weird-ass sayings that just come from... Mm-hmm. 
um, they keep me going, you know, and it's it's just amazing. And I don't know where he gets all this shit from, but he's he's doing a pretty good job at freaking saving the world, man. <laughs> I read the encyclopedia when I was a kid. I did. I read the World Book Encyclopedia from cover to cover. And yeah. cover to cover and cover to cover. There was a lot of covers. I'm I'm not surprised, Rick. And I actually I actually had I actually had um a copy well, copies. I had all the books and I know how big that collection was. It was freaking huge. Um and I think you're crazy for reading it, but wow. <laughs> well, I never really set out to read it. I just I'd get up to go look something up because, you know, bless my parents, most of their answers were the encyclopedias over there, which led me to be a learner, a self-motivated learner. But anyway, uh, I'd just go get whatever copy, whatever letter to read about what I wanted to read about, and then there was always the next thing in the book, and it was like, oh, cool, look at, well, what's that? But you see what what amazes me? When we were talking about his childhood, he mentioned that when he was like three or four years old, I think three years old, he took a... He took apart a light switch and was trying to fix it because one one light switch turned on a light in another room and one light switch turned the light on in this room. So he was trying to fix it. That's what amazes me is that he was so intelligent and so intelligent when he was a kid and just freaking and now look at him. Kevin Smith posted on my picture in the bow tie. It's like, what happened to you? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I just had to throw that in there just to lighten up. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're about to kill people's laptops and batteries and things. And, and, yeah, we'll get shut down if we make it all the way up to 10 o'clock for you Eastern uh, folks. So we might as well bring this to a close. I would sit here all night with any one of you uh, and – tell stories and say ridiculous things and I'd get lost. But, you know, whenever you're talking to me, think of that spiral Nautilus looking thing. That's kind of the, my brain does that a lot. You ought to try it from the inside. It can be dizzy. (laughs) 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 Where's my thing? What do we got coming up, brother love? Where's my thing? Birthday boy. There we go. Uh, next week we have uh, Barbara Evans. Ah, my calendar. What happened? Oh, there. Barbara Evans and uh, I have a new mouse and it does funny things to the calendar. Uh, on Tuesday and Christine Nolfi is coming on Thursday and uh, then the following week is going to be fun because Ron Lewis is going to be with us again. And, awesome. Uh, uh, and then it, towards the end of the month we have Darius Garrett coming and if y'all don't know who he is I'll just ask you if you've seen that movie about the Freedom Riders uh, with Hilary Swank, because he's one of them, for real, not an actor. And um, One of the original ones, not one of the actors that played them in the movie, but one of the original Freedom, Freedom Riders, Riders, one of the kids that that, that the, movie was about. You can, you can look up the book, and he's listed right there as that's a right. co-author, and uh, that's just going to be awesome. So, um, And uh, we got up here. Yeah, he he sent me an email asking if I might possibly consider having him on the show. Totally stoked to have him on. Absolutely. Such an honor. All right, so, gosh, I don't know how to say thank you. 
And so I'll You're just say welcome. just say thank you. I love you. I love you too. That was and <laughs> and um and we'll do this again next Tuesday. We do this twice a week. We have this much fun. Or at least I'd have this much fun twice a week. <laughs> um so like Abraham would say, this you're really gonna love this, or <laughs> at least I am. So <laughs> join us Tuesday and uh, have a wonderful weekend. But until Tuesday. Stay connected. That's the trick. Night everybody. Thank you so much. Good night all. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. Hear that? It's the sound of rewards points in use. Because when you transfer credit card balances from your holiday spending to the ESL Rewards Visa Signature Credit Card, you earn points to accumulate and redeem for cash back to help shape up your finances. A special 12-month intro rate also saves you money on balances transferred from higher rate cards. So make the ESL Rewards card your go-to choice every day. Apply online at esl.org slash visa. Membership subject to eligibility. ESL is an equal opportunity lender. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.